0: Welcome to the Mending Trauma Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Hoyt. And along with my sister, Lena Hoyt, a licensed marriage and family therapist, we want to help you recover from trauma. Whether it's childhood trauma, complex trauma, PTSD, or any other trauma sustained from abuse or narcissistic relationships, we want to help you develop skills and ways that can help you to recover from the symptoms and the effects of trauma. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, Amy here. Are you feeling stuck or overwhelmed by things that pop up in your daily life? And perhaps these are because of past traumas or toxic stress. Have you tried traditional therapy and found that it wasn't enough? I know that was the case for me. That's why we developed the Whole Health Lab. Mending Trauma has put together a program that combines the latest research with proven methods to help you recover from trauma and move forward from these daily stressors and triggers. We use somatic therapy, EMDR, cognitive behavioral therapy, and internal family systems therapy. We use nervous system regulation and many other tools so that we can combine the best methods that are identified in the research to help you recover without being completely overwhelmed. So you can work on trauma on your own pace, your own time, and still with the mentorship and support of a highly trained certified staff. That's us. No more waiting for appointments or sitting in traffic driving to see a therapist. With our online program, the Whole Health Lab, you can access it from anywhere, anytime, even on an app. Visit mendingtrauma.com backslash wholehealthlab and learn more Get your questions answered. We've got a frequently asked questions section and sign up so that you can have this life changing program in your world today. Don't let your past hold you back any longer. Take control of your future. And we can't wait to see you in the whole health lab. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Mending Trauma podcast. Today we are actually going to talk about something that we get asked about quite a bit. And that is, what is the best type of therapy when you have trauma? We have thoughts about this. What do we think, Lena?
1: Yes, we do. We understand from all of the research, all of the training that we've been through, through um, the studies that have been done with the Trauma Research Institute, we know that anything that's going to be effective for trauma has to involve the body in some way, shape, or form. And EMDR is one of those things that involves the body because in order for EMDR to work, you have to have three things going on at the same time. You have to have an image that represents the worst part of it for you. You have to notice the emotions that you have as you hold the image and then you have to know where in your body those emotions are showing up or what is happening in your body as you hold the image and the emotions. And then you can do the bilateral movement or the eye movement. And that is the, those are the three components that have to be present in order for EMDR to be effective.
0: So EMDR is one of the therapies that is really effective for trauma. Let's just backtrack a little bit. I think one of the things um, it's important for our listeners to realize is that although talk therapy is incredibly beneficial for many things, including relationships and family dynamics, it is actually the least effective when it comes to trauma out of the other types of therapies. And one of the reasons, uh, as Lena said, is because we have to involve the body. And when we are simply talking, although it is, can be very helpful in, in, uh, to solve relationship problems and even cognitive distortions. It's not enough to process the trauma. But the other thing um, that's really important for our listeners to understand is that with talk therapy, when we talk about the details of our trauma, we are actually laying down um, deeper pathways of the trauma, which can be really, really overwhelming. Yes, And we don't quite have the resources yet to deal with that sense of overwhelm. And that's why the body and the somatic therapies that we're talking about today are so helpful. And so as Lena said, we have to use the body. And that, um, in general, that's called somatic work or somatic therapies. And EMDR is one of those somatic therapies, the other um, therapy that we know works really well, in fact, um, at the trauma conference that we attended this year, Bessel van der Kolk said it was one of the best therapies for trauma, and that is Internal Family Systems or IFS. So, Lena, can you walk us through what IFS is and why it's so effective for trauma?
1: Sure. IFS, or Internal Family Systems, was discovered or founded, I guess, by Richard Schwartz in the 80s when he was working in some residential programs with really emotionally um, fragile clients. And what he discovered is that internally, we have these different parts, which is not multiple personality disorders, these different parts that pop up in certain experiences and it becomes their job either to protect us in the future, or if it's a vulnerable part, the job of the vulnerable part is to carry the burden of the terror or the shame or the fear. And one of the things I love most about internal family systems is that it consciously uses the idea of self, capital S self is what Dick Schwartz calls it. And um, it identifies that we have a self that is clear and it's our best highest self. And we use that self to provide resourcing to these parts that are stuck in the past. And it's so beautiful because of that because of that approach.
0: I love that. And I was actually listening to a training that he did um, a couple years ago. I was listening to it this week. And he talked about how he grew up in a home that, you know, was very science-based and pretty atheistic. And that he kept kind of coming, you know, listening to his clients talk about, well, part of me feels like this and part of me feels like that. And then watching them as they started to integrate these parts of themselves, watching them come into this highest self, this capital S -S self. And he talked about how he had never had really any sort of spirituality or religious upbringing, but this concept is very spiritual and that he as an adult has found um, different spiritual traditions to be really helpful in thinking of our highest self. And that really, really spoke to me. I thought it was interesting. The other thing I thought was super interesting is he talked a lot about how the self is our innate ability to heal ourselves, which I love because so often I think, um, we have been taught that we need someone else to heal us. And while we do often, I mean, I often need the help of an expert when I'm stuck, and that's what I do. I, you know, I work as hard as I can until I get to where I can get, and then I need an expert. It, in, inherently, he's, he's talking, though, and encouraging people to allow themselves, to realize that they have everything they need within themselves to be whole.
1: Yeah, it's such a beautiful concept.
0: It is. Why does it work for trauma?
1: The reason it works for trauma is because we go we go on kind of an exploratory journey and what we're trying to do is we're trying to discover these parts of us that are oftentimes younger that came into being from something traumatic. And when we discover those, we try to get to know those parts. So we want to know what their biggest fear is, what job they're trying to do for us because as Dr. Schwartz says, there are no bad parts. Every part has good intentions. They just end up arguing with each other. And you know that situation where you have an argument going round and round in your head, and there's a part of you that's saying this, and this other part's like, no, da 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 It's a perfect explanation for that phenomenon. And when you're able to identify and get to know these parts, they can become friends with each other and there's less
0: internal arguing. Which would cause less internal distress.
1: Exactly. It's just really lovely. I have a client that I've been working with off and on for a few years and we talked a few weeks ago and we've been doing IFS work probably for about four months and she got on the phone and said to me, I have to tell you this experience I had with with internal family systems I said great she said do you remember last time when we were working and I said oh this part will not let me open the door it was a protector part that wouldn't let her open the door to her less um her vulnerable part and I said yes and she said well one Afternoon, I just started thinking about it. And in my mind, I visualized I was going to take the protector part and hold the protector's part's hand. And I said to the protector part, It's okay, we will do this together, but we're going to open this door. And so she um, got the compliance of the protector part, which we absolutely have to have in order to do a lot of this resolution. And she opened the door and she said, Oh my gosh. It's a baby, a naked baby, like a newborn baby. And the protector part, she said, started getting all up in arms and angry, like, why isn't this baby dressed? And da 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 da. And she said, and I turned to the protector part and said, because it's a baby. The baby doesn't know how to get dressed. The baby isn't doing anything wrong. She just doesn't know how to get dressed. And she said, um, in that same, afternoon she was able to bring the baby and the protector part and herself to a table visually and she was able to have them communicate with each other and the protector part was able to soften enough to um, kind of reassure the baby the infant and express understanding why the baby was naked
0: it was so powerful it was so interesting that is interesting and so to just re-emphasize for our listeners, this is not multiple personality or, you know, now called, um, DID. Um, it is definitely just different aspects of us within ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And, and the goal of course is integration and acceptance of all of all of us. So I love that this illustrates that. I want to go back just a second to EMDR and why EMDR is, um, how that is helpful for trauma. Because I think, you know, we have talked about EMDR several times on the podcast, but in terms of why this is such a good therapy for trauma, what comes to mind for me is that, again, you're not talking about your trauma in detail. yes,
1: yes. That's one of the reasons why is so powerfully helpful. You mentioned earlier in this episode that um, when we talk over and over again about the trauma, we deepen those neural pathways of the trauma and what EMDR does is it can be done almost silently. So, so when I'm working with clients and doing EMDR with them, I don't, They don't even have to tell me what the image is. I'll just say, you know, think back to time when you were really distressed um, or when this event happened, a car accident maybe, and tell me what image represents the worst part for you. They visualize it. They tell me they have it. I say, notice what emotions you have. Sometimes they'll tell me, sometimes they won't. And then I'll say, find where in your body those emotions are being expressed or held. And then we start tapping, because I do a lot of this via Zoom. So we do tapping, and it opens the front to back of your brain and left to right side of your brain. And so you don't have to go through all the details again. It's all being managed by your subconscious brain through this protocol of EMDR. And it, it can be really...
0: Astonishingly powerful. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. The next type of therapy we want to talk about for trauma is um, nervous system work, essentially. And you can, you know, you'll see people talk about somatic experiencing, which is a type of nervous system work. You'll see people talk about somatic practices, trauma informed yoga, trauma informed meditation. These are all somatic practices or body practices that are geared in part to helping you develop a flexible nervous system. And, you know, on social media and in popular culture, you'll see more and more about the nervous system lately, which I absolutely love. And it's really important that I think we make it clear that the goal isn't to constantly be regulated because that's not possible.
1: It's not
0: correct. And just like your heartbeat, if your heartbeat was completely the same all the time, and there was no variability, that is considered a sign of not having a healthy heart. Whereas in heart rate variability, it's the variability that actually shows the health of the heart. And so the nervous system is similar in that we are we are trying to develop flexibility in our nervous system so that when stress does come up, we can handle it. And when we're not stressed, we can also handle it. So there's a lot of talk about regulating ourselves. And I even fall into this trap when I'm talking to my children, I'll say, you know, I think I need to, I need to go get regulated. Or, you know, it sounds like you need to do some regulation. That's actually not quite as accurate as allowing us to feel what we need to feel, acknowledging it, which then develops a flexible nervous system. So one of the things I think for our listeners to understand is that with nervous system work, nervous system regulation, you have to go into the body because Mm -hmm. that's where our nervous system lives. And the brain and the nervous system are connected through something called the vagus nerve, and this is um, the vagus um, nerve theory. Is uh, I'm, I'm polyvagal. saying polyvagal theory? Thank you, um, by Stephen Porges, um, is really an important concept because what happens is it truly connects the cognitive with the physical, and the nervous system you know, reaches down to all parts of our body. And so it's in charge of our subconscious um, processes, like our heartbeat and our breathing. And it also is in charge of how our organs work. And um, I mean, a lot of processes that require a lot of work for the body, but we're not consciously privy to that work. It just happens. So what happens in trauma to the nervous system? Our nervous system gets hijacked during trauma, and then it gets stuck
1: during trauma. And so that's where some of this part's work can come in, this internal family system's work can come in, because the o- nervous system becomes so overwhelmed that it responds in one of the three primary ways, although there are a couple of additional ones. One is fight, one is flight, and one is freeze. And the vagal, the vagus nerve is responsible for the freeze.
0: So nervous system work is really important with trauma, and it's going to help us learn to be aware of our body and learn to actually sit in our feelings, as well as move towards regulation, as that is a helpful way of going through the world. But First, we have to allow ourselves to feel our feelings a lot of the times. Um, So besides nervous system work, so that's our third type of therapy that's very effective for trauma. The last type of therapy is neurofeedback. And neurofeedback is really incredible for trauma recovery, although it's a little harder to access because it does take special equipment So do you want to tell us a little bit about neurofeedback, Lena?
1: Yes. We are lucky enough to have one of our founders in Mending Trauma finishing her training in neurofeedback. And so I got to be one of her um, test or practice subjects, and it has totally changed my life. It's given me an explanation for what's happening in my brain. I have one part of my brain that's always over-functioning, And then this other part of the brain that's under functioning. And what Wendy's been doing is she's been setting up these protocols and hooks these, um, leads, they're, they're leads. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hooks the leads up to um, my head in different places. And then we, I play a game and it trains me to get better at calm focus, to get better at relaxing And I just think that it's been life-changing for me.
0: I love it. I had the same experience. I was also a test subject (laughs) and it was, it's been incredible. Um, So I think it was 12 or 16 weeks where I went three times a week and each session was between uh, 10 and 20 minutes. And again, she puts the leads on different parts of the brain and then starts training the brain. I, I work on puzzles while I'm doing my neurofeedback. And honestly, um, I started sleeping better. I, um, had a way easier time being regulated, especially in my parenting when I would get, you know, that's typically where I get very overwhelmed. Um, and essentially it helped calm my brain down I mean, it's it's night and day. I think it's just such an incredible tool, and it's showing a lot of efficacy for complex trauma. Um, and that's another thing that came out in the latest trauma conference um, by the Trauma Research Foundation. And so, neurofeedback is something I think you'll start to hear a lot more about as you keep your ears open for trauma recovery, but it does require equipment that can be um, more expensive. and, And you also need to make sure you find a practitioner that is certified. So those are the four types of trauma therapy that are right now considered the most effective for helping you recover from trauma. We have EMDR, we have internal family systems, we have nervous system work, And we have neurofeedback. And what we're so excited about is that we offer all of these through our program. And that's one thing we feel really strongly about is if the research says this is effective, then we're going to add it into our trauma recovery program. And we've seen pretty miraculous results from, from all of these modalities.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I love about neurofeedback is it trains your brain without me having to white knuckle it like me having to try so hard to figure out how to get myself to relax. And it's just um, it's a lovely way to train the brain without having a lot of conscious effort put into it.
0: Yes, absolutely. And as Wendy always says, if you don't have access to neurofeedback, these other modalities such as EMDR, IFS and nervous system work they will do similar, you will get similar results over time. Neurofeedback is a little bit quicker. Um, But with neurofeedback, you can train your brain, you still have to um, learn new behaviors and new ways of being in the world. So it all works hand in hand. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will look forward to being with you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mending Trauma Podcast. Lane and I are really grateful that you spend time with us each week. We know you have a choice and that time is currency. We would love if you would share this episode on social media and tag us so we can reshare. If you feel so inclined, go and give us a five-star review wherever you listen to pods so that we can get the word out and help more people. We know that we are all working hard on our mental health and we wish you great success this week in implementing these new skills. We'll check in next week.